with us, and we're going to be speaking this morning uh, on, this is our eighth Sunday, on the Sermon on the Mount, or the Beatitudes. And so if you will turn with me this morning, we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 5, beginning with the first verse, and reading down through the ninth verse. So Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse number 1 and down through the ninth verse. Jesus says, And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we come to our text this morning, or the text that we are going to focus on, the portion of that Beatitudes, or the portion of this Sermon on the Mount, the ninth verse. And he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. And we're going to stop reading right there. I ask that you bow your heads and let's pray together. Father, we are thankful today for the opportunity that you have given to us to come and gather in your name. We thank you for the promise that when we gather in your name, you said you are in our midst. And Lord, we thank you for that promise we thank you that you are here with us. We feel your presence. We sense your Holy Spirit as we have sang and as we have worshiped. And we come to the reading of your word this morning. And Father, I ask that you would bless the reading of the word of God and that you would anoint me with the anointing of the Holy Spirit to give me a divine capability in my own self I am inadequate. In my own self or in my own ability, I am incapable. But if you will touch me, if you will help me to be an effective minister of your word, give me liberty in the house of God to speak. I pray, Father, that you will allow the words that you put in my mind and in my mouth to fall upon ears that are touched of God to receive. Bless us this day. I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would allow Christ to be glorified in the people of God and those who listen to be edified. And for all of these things, Lord, we will be grateful throughout eternity. We ask them in the mighty and glorious name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. So this morning we are going to continue with our study on the Sermon on the Mount. And today we come to a very vital part of the text 
that offers both a great challenge and a great promise. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Let me begin this morning by just asking a simple question to all of you. Do you consider yourself to be a child of God? Do you consider yourself to be a child of God? If your answer is yes, then you need to understand that God has called all of us who claim to be his children. God has called all of us to be peacemakers. If our answer is yes, then we need to understand that as part of our born-again character, as part of our born-again experience, we should be striving to be at peace within our own heart, striving to be at peace with God, and striving to be at peace with others. We are called to be peacemakers. If we have made peace with God through our salvation and through the salvation that has been given to us in Christ, then we should be striving with all that is within us to be at peace with those who are around us. I ask how many of you claim to be a child of God? And maybe I should ask this question. How many of you are peacemakers? Because if we claim to be a child of God, then we should be striving to make peace, to keep peace, to keep unity. Amen. In the first four Beatitudes, we have learned, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And in those first four Beatitudes, Jesus is describing how we come into relationship with him. He is describing how we come into a state of peace with God. Amen. We recognize our spiritual poverty and we become poor in spirit. We mourn over our iniquities by repenting of our sins. We submit and we surrender unto the will of God for our life, by becoming meek and allowing him to have control of our lives. And, and we hunger and we thirst to be more like him every day. So understand that in the first four Beatitudes, he has described for us how we are to make reconciliation and how to find restoration in our relationship with God. And then in the next four Beatitudes, he begins to describe now how we are supposed to live in relationship with our fellow man. He says, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart. Amen. We are merciful towards others because we ourselves have received his mercy. 
He says, uh, blessed are the pure in heart. We respond to others with a pure heart and with a place uh, of undefiled motives because our heart has been cleansed by the presence uh, and the power of a just and a wonderful God. And he comes now to verse 9 and he says that we are to strive to be peacemakers. In other words, after we have recognized and we have applied the first four beatitudes in our life, we can no longer relate to others in the same way that we used to because of a change that has taken place in our heart. Amen. You understand what I'm saying this morning? We must recognize that true Christianity is not just simply a matter of reformed behavior. Amen. It is the result of a changed heart. We must recognize that true Christianity is not just simply a matter of, reha of a rehabilitated behavior, but we must recognize that it is the result of a transformation that happens in our life. He took out our heart of stone and he placed within us a tender heart filled with loving kindness and tender mercies. And now we no longer relate to others as we used Used to because now our heart has been changed from the inside out. In fact, I would submit to you this morning that being a peacemaker is a result of being pure in heart. When people are pure in heart, people who are operating from a place of pure motives. They cannot stand to see broken relationships. Now let that sink in for a minute. People who are pure in heart and their motives are right before God, when they see conflict and they see struggle, it, it troubles them in their spirit. It troubles them in their heart. It moves them to a point of wanting to make reconciliation. Saints of God, that is the heart of a true peacemaker, to restore, to reconcile, and to cause those to come back into fellowship. God is the original supreme peacemaker. In loving us so much, after we had sinned in the garden, humanity I'm talking about, after humanity had sinned in the garden, God loved humanity so much and to the point that he sent his only begotten son to die on Calvary's cross so that the fellowship that had been broken could be restored. Amen. God, amen, he is the original peacemaker. He came to bring peace unto men. Do you remember when Jesus' birth was announced, the angels showed up and they said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Amen. There hasn't been peace on earth as in war and rumors of war and that kind of, what were they saying? They're saying God, the Messiah has now come and God has made a way for peace and fellowship to be reconciled with those who are alienated and Amen. Dead in their sin. God has given them. 
Amen. Peace. God has made a way for restoration. God is called over and over in the scripture, the God of peace. Let me give you some scriptures this morning. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 33. This is what the apostle Paul says. Now the God of peace, he calls Jehovah. He calls our heavenly father the God of peace. The God of peace be with you. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 11. He says, finally, brethren, be perfect, be good. Amen. Be good, of, uh, be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and the God of peace shall be with you. Philippians 4 and 9, he says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen me do, do those things, and the God of peace shall be with you. Paul is telling us that our God is a God of love and a God of peace. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 33, it says, God is not the author of confusion, but the God of peace. Now in context, he's talking about uh, speaking in tongues, but understand the big picture. He's saying God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. He is not the author of confusion. He is not the author of conflict and discord, but he is the God of peace. Amen. When God's spirit shows up in our life, it brings peace in our heart. And then God desires for us to become a peacemaker. Just as when we receive mercy from the Lord, God now, amen, anticipates and requires of us that we will be merciful to others. Now that we have had peace, uh, amen, shed abroad in our hearts, now that we have received the peace of God down on the inside, God's saying, now I want you to be like your father. I want you to be like me, and I want you to extend peace and be a peace maker. So understand that if we are established in our relationship with God and the spirit of God rules in our heart, then we are going to be the children of our father and we are going to desire to walk in the peace of God. Amen. There should be a family resemblance. Can you say amen? Romans 14 and 19 said, let us therefore follow after the things. Listen to this. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. Follow after the things that produce peace. Scripture tells us in Psalms 34 and 14, depart from evil and do good. And then the psalmist says, and seek peace and pursue it. Pursue it, follow after it, chase it down. 1 Peter 3, 10. Whosoever desires to love life and see good days. How many of you love life and want to see good days? Here's how. 
Let him keep his tongue from evil and from, de and from speaking deceitful things. Let him turn away from evil and do good. And get this last part. And let him seek after peace. Let him seek peace. All of those verses are telling us that we are to follow after and that we are to pursue after the things that bring peace with God and peace with our fellow man. Beloved, I don't know about you this morning, but I watch the news these, day, or the news these days and I have to ask myself, where are all of the peacemakers? Where are all of those that are pursuing and following after peace? Where are those that have a desire to pursue good and not evil? Where are those that have a desire to seek the peace of God and to see restoration in relationships with man? People shooting one another in the streets of our nation and burning down other people's homes and businesses and spewing rage and anger in words. Amen. Conflict about any subject you want to talk about you will find somebody that'll argue with you these days you hear what i'm saying amen where are those that desire to seek after the peace of god it seems that the battle lines have been drawn and the attitude is either you think the way that I think or we can't be friends. The attitude seems to be, amen, think the way that I think or you are my enemy. Hello? Whatever happened to agreeing to disagree? Whatever happened to respecting somebody else's opposing opinion? Whatever happened to loving your neighbor as yourself? Whatever happened to do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Amen. We are to be the children of our God and the children of God follow and pursue after peace. What happened to pursuing after peace? Where are all of the peacemakers. And I submit to you this morning that the reality is that the further away from God our nation has grown, the further away we have pushed God out of our schools and pushed God out of our families and pushed God out of our government, the further and further away that we have pushed him, the further and further away the peace is. Because where the wicked abound, there is no peace. Pastor, do you have scripture to back that up? I am glad that you ask. <laughs> Isaiah 48 and 22. There is no peace, not saith Gary, not saith another preacher. No, there is no peace, saith God. There is no peace, says God, unto the wicked. Isaiah 57 and 21, he says, I'm going to say it again just in case you think that I got it wrong. There is no peace, says God, to the wicked. 
and the further and further that we have pushed God out of our lives and out of our society and out of our nation and out of the families uh, amen, that live in the nation, the further and further we have pushed God away, the further and further from his peace we have gotten. Hmm. Isaiah 59 and 8. The way of peace, he says, they do not know. And there is no judgment in their goings. They have made for themselves crooked paths. And get this. And whoever goes in to follow them shall not know peace. Will not know peace. God is saying that when people forsake him. God is saying that when people forsake his ways. God is saying that when people pursue crooked paths that lead to destruction, there will be no peace in their life. But get this, listen to this promise. Isaiah 26 and 3, he says, but I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. In other words, if your heart is set toward God and your desire is to do those things that are pleasing in the sight of the Lord. God says, I will give you perfect peace. We may be living in a day of turmoil, but I tell you this morning, I got a peace in my heart that the world did not give me and the world cannot take away. Amen. Because I know in whom I have believed and I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds my tomorrow. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So I ask you again this morning. Are you a peacemaker? Or are you a pot stirrer? <laughs> Hello? Are you a peacemaker? Or are you a pot stirrer? Do you know there are some people that just aren't happy until they have something stirred up? Y'all don't have to shout me down when I'm preaching good. You know some of them do. But I ask you this morning, are we peacemakers? Amen. Are we, are we pursuing the peace of God? Are we pursuing peace with humanity? And let me just share with you something. There may be some of you here this morning asking yourself, Pastor Gary, how can we pursue peace? Let me give you a roadmap. Let me give you a roadmap. It, it's right out of the word of God, Romans 12, verse 9. So Romans chapter 12, verse 9. This is what Paul says. This is a roadmap to peace. He says, let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. That's not difficult, is it? Love one another with brotherly affection. I love this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another 
in showing honor. I was studying my sermon notes last night and praying, and when I read that, outdo one another, showing honor, I, I couldn't help but think of that old cartoon, you know, the little Chippendale cartoon, not Chippendale the strippers, but that's a whole nother thing. But, and I'm probably telling my age, but how many of you remember the little cartoon, the little Chippendale? Oh no, after you. Oh, heavens no, you must go first. Outdo one another, showing honor. Go home, you two with <laughs> some of the younger folks are going, I don't know what he's talking about. You, you missed out on the, on the good cartoons. <laughs> Man. He says, outdo one another, showing honor. Do not be slothful. Don't be lazy. But be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep and live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Don't think you are all of that and the bag of chips too. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Do not repay evil for evil, but give thought to that which is honorable in the sight of the Lord. Do what's honorable in the sight of the Lord. And then verse, verse 18, he says, if it's possible, if it is at all possible, so far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. That setting of scripture is a powerful roadmap to finding both peace with God and peace with others. Look at it closely. He says, let your love be genuine. Abhor that which is evil and hold fast to that which is good. He's telling us to love others with a genuine heart. Let it be genuine. If you are genuinely loving someone, you are going to treat them with respect and devotion. Are you not? You're going to treat them with kindness. You're going to prefer them. You're going to honor them. He says, if you genuinely love someone, you are going to treat them with value and with esteem. And then he says, stand up for the truth. Uh, amen. Speak the truth. Abhor that which is evil and cling or hang on to, hold on to the truth. And here's one of our big problems today. Not my truth and not your truth, but God's truth. Hello? One of the biggest problems in our society is everybody wants to speak from their own truth. Hello? The attitude goes something like this. Well, your truth may not be my truth and my truth may not be your truth. Hogwash. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. What is truth? The word of God. Not your opinion, not my opinion, but what thus says the Lord. Hello? 
Amen. The, the Bible says that there is a way that seems right. It's Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end of the way thereof are the ways of death. Amen. Truth is only, amen, as true as the word of God. Jesus said in John 17 and 17, sanctify them, Lord, through thy truth. And then he tells us what truth is. He said, thy word is truth. Uh, amen. So he says, uh, love others genuinely. Stand for the word of God or stand for that which is truth. Uh, love one another with brotherly affection. Amen. Be kind. Be friendly. Be caring and honor others. Respect and regard and value them. Do not be slothful. Don't be lazy. Be joyful. Be patient. Be prayerful. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Be charitable. Be honorable. Be hospitable. Be humble. And be honorable for all men to see. And then he says in that 18th verse, and if it's possible, Live at peace as much as lies, lies within you. That's the King James. As much as lies within you. And I love the way the English standard says, so far as it depends on you. Live as much as possible as it depends on us. Live peaceably with all men. What he's saying is that what he's saying is, even if we do all of these things, we still may not be able to keep the peace with some folks. Don't be some folks. <laughs> Listen, God the Father went to great lengths to restore fellowship with humanity and to make peace with us. And there are still some folks who reject his son. So even if you do all of the right things, you are not going to keep the peace with some folks. And all I tell you is don't be some folks. Let me quickly share with you some things that will help us to engage or encounter those that we have a falling out with. Even if we do all of these things, Paul says that we may not be able to keep the peace with some folks. But here's some things that we can do to try to get things back on the right track. I'll give me four quick things. Number one, if, if we find ourselves at odds with someone, Here's one thing that we can do. Jesus exhorted us in the book of Matthew to remove the log out of our eye before we go and try to take the little splinter out of our brother's eye. So if we find ourselves at odds with someone, don't take the attitude, well, bless God, hell will freeze over before I... Make a move toward them. That's not scriptural. That's not scriptural. But here's one thing we can do. Jesus says, why do you behold the moat in your brother's eye? He may actually have a moat. He may actually have a beam in his eye. But Jesus says, why do you 
Why do you behold the mote in your brother's eye or the beam in your brother's eye when you have that splinter in your own eye? How will you say to your brother, let me pull out the mote out of your eye when you have that splinter in your own eye? Here's what he says. First, cast out the splinter that's in your eye. And then you will be able to see clearly how to help your brother get the beam out of his eye. So if we find ourselves at a place of falling out, pray before we pursue making peace, make an effort to take time to do some self-examination and say, Lord, what part did I play in this? What part did I play in this fiasco? And forgive me and confess that to God and confess it to others. Let me just tell you this morning that we will never make peace with others if we have not made peace within ourselves. So that's the first thing. Get the beam out of our head. The second thing, restore in love. If there must be a, converse, a conversation between others who were, we are at odds with, then before we go to them, we would be wise to consider how we ourselves would like to be treated in that same situation. Do we desire a confrontation or a restoration? Hello? Hello? Ask yourself, if the situation were reversed, would you prefer, amen, would, how would you prefer that they approach you in a confrontational way or in a way of love and humility and restoration? How we approach them matters. Can you say amen? Treat others, amen, try to treat others as you would desire to be treated and find a way to bring restoration and not confrontation. Three, the goal of making peace, listen to this, the, the goal of making peace is not to prove who is right and who is wrong. Sometimes we, you know, encounter that person that we had a falling out with and the only thing we want to do is rehash what we have already hashed. If you want true restoration to take place, the goal of bringing restoration is not to prove who is right or who is wrong. The goal is to bring peace. We should not be trying to prove a point or trying to prove that we were right or trying to prove how they failed and where they faltered. We should simply come together and admit both on our parts that we both failed and there was failure in our life and now we need to have restoration. Number four, listen. The fourth thing that we can do is listen. The Bible tells us in James chapter, I mean, sometimes when we encounter a situation like that, we just want to tell our side, listen. You might learn something. James 1 and 19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Listen for the hurt. Instead of correcting them or trying to defend yourself, concentrate on where they are coming from. Build uh, bridges and not walls. Uh, express your concern and your compassion. And those four simple little things can help put us on the right track to being a peacemaker where there has been 
discord and disfellowship. But I tell you this morning, there has to be a desire on their side. Martin Luther King Jr. says, and I'm fixing to close here pretty quick. Martin Luther King said, true peace is not the mere absence of tension, but the presence of justice and brotherhood. True peace is not just the absence of discord and not just the absence of attention, but it is the presence of the Spirit of God. James chapter 3 verse 15 says, The wisdom that descends not, or not from above is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But, he says in verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. Wow, same order as the Beatitudes. Pure in heart, peacemaker. He said the wisdom that is from above is first pure, and then it is peaceable. Gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And I love this. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. In other words, if you want to reap peace, then you have to sow. If you want to reap a harvest of peace with humanity, then sow that. This past week as I was preparing to minister this message to you, I wanted to search and find the perfect definition for peace. Peace does not mean passivity. It doesn't mean to be a doormat. It doesn't mean to be a peacemaker that you have to let everyone run over you. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about being in peace with God and with men. There are times that we will not have peace because we stand for truth. And that should never be compromised. But as I searched for the proper definition of the word, I came across the writing of a rabbi concerning the word shalom. And I'm gonna, I'm, I want to read this to you. There is great wisdom in what he writes. And he contrasts it in such a way that you just can't miss it. It's a little lengthy, but it's powerful. Listen to these words. Shalom equals the absence of internal anxiety and external war. Shalom, not alienation but acceptance, not chaos, but order, not disruption, but security, not discord, but harmony, 
Not danger, but safety. Not anger, but self-restraint. Not fear, but rest in faith in the Creator. Not timidity, but confidence. Not anxiety, but calm. Not disorder, but self-discipline. Not a sense of being alone, but a sense of being a part of. Not loneliness, but being known. Not a stranger, but family. Not sickness, but health. Not poverty, but wealth. He says peace, not ag agitation, but a settled spirit and a calm mind. Not hostile, but friendly. Not bitter, but reconciled. Not separated, but together. Not broken, but repaired. Not immature, but complete and whole. Not damaged, but made new. Not ruined, but restored. Not distressed, but total well-being. Not clamor, but quiet. Not impatience, but contentment. Not secure, but in a covenant relationship with the creator of the universe. That, he said, is the meaning of shalom. The meaning of peace. God says, blessed are the peacemakers. When you and I are peacemakers, we bring those attributes to every situation. I look around the world today and we need some peacemakers. And I look toward heaven this morning and say, God, here am I. Send me. Help me be that peacemaker. Jesus said these words in John 14 and 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives unto you, but amen, I give you my peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus says in John 16 and 33, these things I have spoken unto you that you might have shalom, that you might have completeness, wholeness, that you might have peace. Philippians 4, verse 6 through verse 7, be careful for nothing. He's saying don't worry about everything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanks, let your request be made known unto God. And the God of peace... The God of peace will give you peace that passes all understanding. We need the peace of God that passes understanding in this world today. Bow your heads, if you will, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very, very much for the words of Jesus. We desire 
to be the children of God. And we pray that you will make us like our Father. That as much as lieth within us, as much as it depends upon us, let us dwell in peace with God and with those who are around us. And where there is confrontation and where there is confusion and where there is distress and discord, help us to be an agent of peace. Help us to reconcile families and friendships and relationships. Help us to be that agent of reconciliation. And Lord, there may be areas or places and people that we will never be able to reconcile with simply because they don't have the heart to be reconciled. But don't let it be upon our account. Don't let it be because of our stubborn will. Of our rebellious heart. And in those places. Where the enemy has sown discord. And there is broken fellowship. Let us be agents of peace. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here this morning and you would be willing to slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, that's my prayer too. I want to be an agent of peace. Lord, where there's been discord and disfellowship, it may never come back together, but don't let it be on my account. Let me do everything possible. Everything that I can to be an agent of peace, hands lifted. Stand to your feet, please. Let's pray together and we'll have Houston come and sing. Just lift your hearts and your hands to the Lord. Father, help us to be peacemakers. And help us make a difference in the lives of those that are in our life, in our community, and in our nation. Speak peace, I pray, O oh God, to the streets of America. Speak peace, I pray, to the anger and the rage that has risen up across the land. And let the peace that passes all understanding be distributed 
Let there be a change of hearts. Let there be a change of hearts. Let there be a change of actions and attitudes and bring peace, justice, and brotherhood to our society. I ask it in Jesus' name. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.